This episode of Tech News Day is sponsored by Mint Mobile and by Factor. In case you haven't noticed, the planet we live on has a bit of a problem. Relatively recently, one of the millions of species of organisms living on this planet discovered that burning coal generates electricity, and it's been a real mixed bag ever since. On the one hand, electricity is extremely useful and a lot of fun, but on the other hand, burning coal fills the planet's atmosphere with carbon dioxide, which warms the planet. Mm -hmm. Just a little bit, barely enough to even really notice, but still enough to threaten the safety and survival of most life on Earth. But what if there were a better way? What if we were a less delicate uh, ecosystem? Uh, there are several better ways, but they all have their own drawbacks. Renewables like wind and solar energy have high upfront costs, require the ability to store large quantities of electricity, and are of course dependent on the presence of wind or sun. Uh, and they also kill birds, uh, according kill a to lot of birds. former President Trump. Uh, they, they're also still pretty inefficient, and the manufacturing and recycling of renewables is also inefficient, though things are slowly getting better, and, you know, a lot would say that the investment would be worth it. Right. Mm -hmm. Baby steps. Yes. Uh, but then there's nuclear energy, which in a perfect world could replace most of the electrical grid with emissions-free electricity. But it also generates nuclear waste that no one really knows what to do with. Mm -hmm. And when things go wrong with a nuclear power plant, they can and have gone very, very wrong. Mm. You really want to trust that whoever's running your local nuclear power plant knows what they're doing and isn't motivated entirely by greed. And, uh, you know, as Californians, given how one of California's biggest energy companies has repeatedly set the entire state on fire in recent years due to greed, mm -hmm. it would be difficult for us to trust a similarly profit-driven company with nuclear energy. Having said that, dozens of nuclear power plants are in operation in the U.S. and haven't killed anyone. They're, yet. They're great and efficient and work incredibly well. Um, but that you, the, the problem is that you have such large catastrophic events that everyone can point to, and it scares people. Yeah. Uh, if if, if PG&E can't be bothered to like not make their uh, equipment light on fire spontaneously, mm -hmm. uh, even though it's completely within their means to do so, I, it's hard for me to trust that an American power company is going to approach the far greater dangers of nuclear energy well, with the proper like, amount of care. Literally, the instant association with pop culture is a bumbling idiot running the right. safety of the planet. America's most famous nuclear uh, power technician, Homer yes, Simpson. Exactly. But again, what if there was a better way? Well, there is, at least theoretically. And the U.S. Department of Energy made an announcement this week that's been decades in the making. This is legitimately huge news. They've achieved nuclear fusion ignition. And again, this is a very big deal. But before we go any further, we have to first understand just what the hell nuclear fusion is and how it's different from the nuclear we already have. Here's the Washington Post. Existing nuclear power plants work through fission, splitting apart heavy atoms to create energy. In fission, a neutron collides with a heavy uranium atom, splitting it into lighter atoms and releasing a lot of heat and energy at the same time. Fusion, on the other hand, works in the opposite way. It involves smushing two atoms, often two hydrogen atoms, together to create a new element, often helium, in the same way that stars create energy. In that process, the two hydrogen atoms lose a small amount of mass, which is converted to energy according to Einstein's famous equation, E equals mc squared. Because the speed of light is very, very fast, 300 million meters per second, even a tiny amount of mass loss can result in a ton of energy. So nuclear fusion is what the sun does. 
It takes atoms of one element and combines them into entirely different atoms, releasing a ton of energy in the process. That's alchemy. As in, the amount of hydrogen in a glass of water could power your house for an entire year. Yeah. The problem is that it requires a ton of energy to even start the fusion process. And up until now, man-made fusion has only ever been able to break even energy-wise. And even that took years of fusion experiments where the result was a net loss in energy. What's now been achieved is ignition, where there's a net gain in energy. It still requires a shitload of energy to get started, but you end up with more than you started with. And can you see where that's going? It's because unlimited it, energy. Theoretically, this Infinite is... Infinite money hack. And, uh, and free helium. And God knows we need that helium. We're running year, out of helium. The Goodyear blimp, it hasn't left... Uh, 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 Huntington and, yeah. and so long. They really buried the lead. We, wa- we won't just have unlimited energy. We will be able to bring dirigibles back to their rightful place mm-hmm. in the transportation infrastructure. Yes. Imagine just floating above your city. In, in at, style and at grace. At a snail's pace, just looking down and being, wow, mm-hmm. this is great. And because it's helium and you not hydrogen, you can smoke on it. Yep. That's right. Exactly. Smoke them if you got them. But more uh, <laughs> importantly, this creates energy for yeah, everyone on Earth forever. That's a cool byproduct. Yeah. All the new helium we're going to get. Yeah. You know, you can you can suck as much helium as you want. We got so much helium. We're going to sound so funny. Anyway, the Washington Post explains what exactly happened with this latest news. On Tuesday, researchers at the National Ignition Facility at the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory in California announced that they attained net energy gain by shooting lasers at hydrogen atoms. The lasers delivered 2.05 megajoules of energy and created 3.15 megajoules of fusion energy, a gain of about 1.5 times. The 192 laser beams compressed the hydrogen atoms down to about 100 times the density of lead and heated them to approximately 100 million degrees Celsius. The high density and temperature caused the atoms to merge into helium. This is cool. It is uh, both fascinating and Slightly terrifying that don't all walk this, in front of that laser. That all of this is just happening all the time. Like when the uh, Large Hadron Collider yeah. got started, it's just like, yeah. So there's this underground uh, tunnel that just smashes. We're things. just seeing what happens. Yeah, uh, buried inside of an entire country, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this is cool. Uh, it kind of reminds me of the way they power things in Futurama. Yeah. Yeah. So we're there, baby. Well, <laughs> not yet, but theoretically <laughs> we are there. This is. Uh, it, it is cause for celebration. And the science community is celebrating. They are. Yeah. Um, so now we can, obviously, we can just go ahead and shut down all those coal power plants and just flip the switch, switch over to fusion and definitely prevent the global climate catastrophe. Right? Well, no. Uh, you knew that was coming. The reaction generated more energy than what the lasers delivered, but the lasers are only about 1% efficient meaning it took 100 times more energy to run the lasers than the energy the lasers are able to deliver to the hydrogen atoms. Damn it. The reaction itself was a net energy gain, but the process for creating the reaction was still very much a net energy loss. On top of that, these lasers can only be run about once a day, and the amount of energy created by the reaction is still too little to power most electronic devices, much less an entire city. Well, we need more lasers then. Uh, I also think better lasers. Like, really cool to just use this to get like one more uh, percentage on your phone to make a call. Yeah, yeah. Let's All right, fire, fire it up. Fire a sun's amount of laser energy at a glass of water, mm-hmm. and uh, I can check my texts one last time before the phone dies. Classically, this problem. And I got all that helium. <laughs> this problem will be solved naturally when uh, a group of youngsters playing baseball outside of the facility accidentally hits the baseball through one of the windows and it lands on the machine, thus calibrating it correctly 
in order to make enough energy to power the world. Honey, I powered the world. <laughs> Oops! <laughs> All power! Yeah, and that's the end of the movie. We did it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. But since this tech is such an important milestone, surely, I mean, surely, we're not that far away from viable fusion energy, right? When we, we did this, how hard could it be? Yeah. Uh, actually, it sounds pretty hard. But also, who knows? Anything's possible, I guess. But th this Have they thought about ac uh, asking the AI what they should do next? Uh, I don't know about that. But yeah, this current achievement took decades to get to, and there are still massive hurdles to get past before fusion energy is a viable alternative to everything we already have. It's mm -hmm. sort of like, you know, the first, like, the first rockets going into orbit in, like, the 50s and 60s, you're like, all right, next stop, uh, colonizing Mars. I love... We're I, almost there. We did it, guys. The best part is that you, like, skipped straight to the launches and skipped over just the dozens <laughs> yeah. of on-site explosions yeah. with no, uh, like, propulsion yeah. at all. Just, yeah, fuck-ups uh, on top of fuck-ups. But this is also, it, it's just, it's awesome that this is happening, and it's awesome that I learned about the decades of hard work and this scientific breakthrough while eating cereal and went, huh, good for everyone that worked on that. My favorite part of this is that uh, we've had fusion for decades. It's just the only way we know how to actually do it. It involves blowing up just massive, massive areas of the world. The, the hydrogen bomb uses fusion um, to, uh, to, do, to go boom. I don't know if this has anything to do with one another, but it, it is just very fascinating to me that within the same two-week span, uh, they let what's-his-name actually set off a bomb for Oppenheimer. And this happened. <laughs> Chris Nolan? Yeah, like, hey, we, hey, we were able to, by the way, we were able to recreate the atomic bomb. We did. Not, uh, not going to tell you how or where. Or... No CGI, baby. Yeah. But yeah, last we checked, we are kind of already on borrowed time, climate-wise. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is maybe not something to depend on to save us from climate change. It's cool. It's uh, yeah, We'll check in on that in the future. It's a, it's a huge scientific achievement. Yeah, it's, it's massive, yeah. Just not in any way that helps anyone right now or for the foreseeable future. Doesn't matter. Progress is progress. This is great. And uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's wonderful news. Classic Tech News Day story about new technology. I that fucking love science. Yeah, exactly. I fucking love science. That is the tagline of like the <laughs> early 2010s tech boom. Yeah. And, and it was, it was like a Buzzfeed mom, wine mom type saying of just like, wow, they made an electric car. <laughs> what do they That's think of next? That's crazy. Yeah. You're just plugging in. And that, it makes me feel good that we can, uh, you know, the last tech news day of the year, we can give the people what they want. Yeah, Unlimited this, this energy. This is the last one of the year. Yeah. So uh, soak it up. Exactly. Um, but moving on to something that is pretty helpful right now. Telehealth. And it's unfortunate that it took a literal deadly global pandemic to spur actual much needed innovation in the U.S. healthcare system. But not having to actually physically go to a doctor's office for the most basic aspects of healthcare, It's pretty great in a lot of situations. Yeah. One situation that is apparently not great, though. <laughs> is the way that telehealth companies use our personal data. Oh, God damn it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we recently talked about a, a report on uh, tax filing services, sharing all sorts of data about you with companies like Meta, the kind of data that you really would not expect them to even be allowed to share, like your income, filing status, the names of your kids, all just being used to target ads at you on Facebook and Instagram and wherever else that data ends up. It's mm -hmm. all very opaque. And it turns out basically every telehealth website is also doing the same thing with information that's even more personal than the stuff in your taxes. Uh, here's a new report published by The Markup in collaboration with Stat News. Open the website Work It Health and the path to treatment starts with a simple intake form. Are you in danger of harming yourself or others? 
If not, what's your current opioid and alcohol use? How much methadone do you use? Within minutes, patients looking for online treatment for opioid use and other addictions can complete the assessment and book a video visit with a provider licensed to prescribe Suboxone and other drugs. But what patients probably don't know is that Workit was sending their delicate, even intimate answers about drug use and self-harm to Facebook. A joint investigation by STAT and the markup to of 50 direct-to-consumer telehealth companies like Workit found that quick online access to medications often comes with a hidden cost for patients. Virtual care websites were leaking sensitive medical information they collect to the world's largest advertising platforms. When this better, when the BetterHelp stuff was going on, we were just like, look, this is convenient and it, it is it is a service that is de- desperately needed uh, if it was done correctly. Um, but it's just something I can't trust is dealing with that uh, on your on your mobile device, especially when it's a company that you don't really know that isn't established or uh, whatever. Yeah, BetterHelp. I don't know. I, I, some people say it's gotten better, but the, there were other big issues with it. Like maybe they weren't vetting their yes. uh, their therapists all that well. But it... it, it in general, it is better for more people to have more yeah, access. It's to, good yes. to have access to doctors yeah. on your phone. It's great. Just because it's just about un- the information that you're dealing with. It's just unfortunate that we live in this fucking hellscape where everything has a, a, a shit stained lining. Yes. Where it's like, oh, also Mark Zuckerberg By is collecting way, all this on his hard drive. Yeah. So yeah, this this story has a lot in common with the one about the tax filing sites. Um, the thing tracking all this information and sending it to Meta is the Metapixel, which is something that basically every website has in its code because Meta tells them that it'll help target their ads better. So they and just they fucking put it money, there. So, no yeah. questions asked. And like with the tax sites, it seems like a lot of these telehealth sites weren't even totally aware of what they were doing or how much information they were sharing with Meta. What is different is this investigation um, found trackers not just from Meta, but also Google, Bing, TikTok, Snapchat, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Oh, TikTok! You, you know TikTok's feeding oh. you that... that uh... Neurodivergent content. I, that's the one that, that's the, I mean, all, all we've this, already talked about the fact that the red like, flag with the TikTok one is like, are you fucking serious? The, the, uh, TikTok teens, which is like they were developing ticks from watching uh, <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. Like, TikTok is, uh, you know, I, I quit the service after, you know, a very short time on it. It, it just doesn't feel right. And also, I think the government was just like, you can't have TikTok on your phones anymore. So, yeah. like, people that, uh, contract for them. But it's, just, yeah, TikTok already is like, just, and I know every Ex- website's doing it, t- but like... Yeah, they're all doing it, but TikTok especially is just like aggressively exploiting everything they know about you the and second And also you building an entire file on on you. So they're just like, yeah, this yeah. guy, this guy's a recovering fucking heroin addict. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess we'll just factor that into how we suggest content. Yeah, it's uh, pretty crazy. But this information, it's usually linked to your IP address and device ID. So across the internet, there's profiles full of information about you, including not just what kind of stuff you're interested in, but also apparently stuff like whether you're an alcoholic or bald or have erectile dysfunction, etc. Cool, cool. <laughs> and you might be thinking, hey, that sounds like a blatant violation of HIPAA, the law that specifically protects health privacy. And most of these websites proudly declare that your information is protected by HIPAA. But with telehealth, it's not that simple. From the article. But the reality online is more complex, making it all but impossible for the average user to know whether the company they're entrusting with their data is obligated to protect it. Quote, Individually, we have a sense that this information should be protected, said Mahler, who is now Vice President of Privacy and Compliance at Synergistic, a healthcare risk auditing company. But then from a legal and a regulatory perspective, you have organizations saying, technically, we don't have to. Rather than providing care themselves, telehealth companies often act as middlemen connecting patients to affiliated providers covered by HIPAA. As a result, 
Information collected during a telehealth company's intake may not be protected by HIPAA, while the same information given to the provider would be. Quote, all the privacy risks are there with the mistaken but entirely reasonable illusion of security, said Matthew McCoy, a medical ethics and health policy researcher at the University of Pennsylvania. That's a really dangerous combination of things to force the average consumer to deal with. Yeah. No, we're not. See, none of us are doctors. We're a, tel we're a tech company. We just connect people and doctors. So we don't have <laughs> HIPAA. No, why would we do that? It sucks. We're in the data business, you fucking idiot. It sucks because, you know, for a lot of things, this is so fucking useful. Yeah, it's, it's great. That's what sucks about it the most. But we live in a country where, uh, you know, nothing, there's no such thing as something good. Yes. Like healthcare should be, should be something that everyone has uh, access to and it's a public good, but... In America, no. It's, well, uh, also, this it's is just like, a way for people to make fucking money. Uh, all these telehealth companies, too, are now responsible for, like, the vast medication shortage because during the pandemic, it was just like, look, if you answer this literal chatbot's questions correctly... Yeah, here's some Adderall. <laughs> you will get uh, uh, ED medication, Adderall, depression yeah. medication, like, whatever you want. Which is good in, in theory. In theory, <laughs> but yes. Yeah. But I, there's a profit motive there that really shouldn't be there. And... Therein lies yeah, the problem. And, and people are dealing with the repercussions as we speak. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyways, that it's a long article, of course, and it does get into ways that this is potentially a blatant violation of the law. But mostly it's just yet another example of how behind the U.S. law is when it comes to personal data and how it's tracked online, including medical data, which up until recently wasn't something that anyone had any reason to even share on the Internet. The U.S. needs an EU GDPR-style data protection law ASAP. California they, they did a little yesterday. bit. California went a little bit with it, and it's great because when California does it, it kind of makes it so that companies just have to do it for the entire country because yeah. it would be too hard to do it regionally. So, I mean, the GDPR stuff has gotten so big that like it has kind of forced websites to just across the board alter yeah. their stuff. But in general, it's like if they can track in the U.S., they're going to track because well, that's money. That's money on the this table. This is going to go on as long until a, a Taylor Swift-esque moment happens because the the exploitation is kind of the benefit for as long as you can exploit it when you're talking about making money in America. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice. Uh, it would be a step if, just a small step, if you were even able to look up your own fucking file. Like, there are files about all of us on servers, all over the place, and we don't even fucking know what's on it. You can request it from the FBI if they've ever... Well, uh, yeah. The, yeah. The, you can request it from the FBI. You cannot request it from uh, Meta or the rest of these companies, most of which you wouldn't even know the name of or that they exist. Or And then if you delete are, your account, it's them. like, uh, yeah, your account will be deleted in like 30 days or never. We don't know, actually. Yeah. Anyway, you're a congressman, I guess. Mm -hmm. So we, of course... You know, this being the final Tech News Day of the year, we, of course, need to update you on all the bullshit to come out of Elon Musk's Twitter since the last time we updated you on all the bullshit to come out of Elon Musk's Twitter. Yeah. And we will get to that uh, right after we tell you all about how this episode is sponsored by Mint Mobile. Sure. This holiday season, the best deal in wireless can only be found at Mint Mobile. Right now, when you switch to Mint Mobile and buy any three-month plan, you'll get another three months for free. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you order and activate from home with eSIM while saving tons on phone plans starting at just 15 bucks a month. Mint Mobile's best offer of the year is here. For a limited time, buy any three-month plan and get three more months for free. By going online only with eSIM and eliminating the traditional costs of retail, Mint Mobile passes significant savings on to you. 
All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and switch easily and effortlessly with eSIM. Or if you need a new device, for a limited time, get six months of free service when you buy a select device and plan. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. For a limited time, buy any three-month Mint Mobile plan and get three more months free by going to mintmobile.com newsday. That's mintmobile.com newsday. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com newsday. This episode is also sponsored by Factor. The bustling holiday season is the perfect time to plan ahead with Factor, a ready-to-eat meal delivery. They shop, prep, cook, and deliver to your door so you can enjoy chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals during the holidays minus the hassle. Plus, with 34 meals per week, including Gourmet Plus, Keto, Calorie Smart, Vegan and Veggie, and 36-plus weekly add-ons, you'll have plenty of nutritious, flavorful options to choose from. My holidays are already Mm jam-packed, but luckily, Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals make it easy to fuel up fast when I'm on the go. And I save time with meals delivered ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. Factor now offers 34 meals per week and 36-plus add-on options like smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep me going no matter what I have going on. Factor is cheaper than dining out. Put that money that you save towards holiday fun and a little bit of you time. And thanks to Factor's commitment to ingredients with integrity, you can enjoy flavorful, chef-crafted meals guilt-free. Need a special occasion meal? Gourmet Plus is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easy. I, of course, have had uh, Factor coming this month because it's December, lots of uh, work, very busy. Today, I I didn't even know if we had the ad read today, but I ate it on purpose because I figured we did. Chicken Tetrazzini. And it was delicious. Chicken Tetrazzini! It was so good, I almost ended up on a talk show. Oh, baby. Yeah, exactly. It was actually really, really Be good. Be careful who you give that check and touch Z. Yeah, I might might change their life. But yeah, there's a lot of seasonal stuff. Like the one I had for dinner last night came with a little cranberry, like almost dessert thing. Oh, wow. It was really good. Um, anyways, change your orders whenever you want. It's it, They are fle- flexible. They have plans from four to 18 meals per week, or you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factors, no prep, no mess meals save me so much time on planning and cleanup so that I can fully enjoy the holidays without wasting hours in the kitchen. Not only does Factor offer fast, simple solutions when I'm too busy to cook, they also help me stay on top of my goals with offerings like Protein Plus and Keto. I can stay on track. This is definitely going to come in handy during the holidays. Factor has everything I need for a week of flavorful, nutritious eats. In addition to ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, extra protein, veggie sides, and more to keep me energized during frantic holiday times. Head to go.factor75.com newsday60 and use code newsday60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code newsday60 at go.factor75.com newsday60 to get 60% off your first box. Back to the news and moving on now to what will possibly be our uh, latest Twitter update of the year, unless something happens like in the next two days or something. Uh, the world's second richest man is <laughs> once again, he is the second richest now, which is wonderful. He's once again resorting to unorthodox methods to make the company he was forced by a judge to buy profitable enough to pay off the massive debt that he took on to buy it at the stupid meme price that he offered for it. And one such unorthodox method is simply not paying for things. It's the Donald Trump method. One simple trick. Yeah. It's a classic rich guy method. Stiff them. And then when they come asking, give them a horse. Yeah. I got horses from from here to New York City. Elon, he's definitely got a horse behind that desk. Yes. Uh, Here's the New York Times. To cut costs, Twitter has not paid rent for its San Francisco headquarters or any of its global offices for weeks, three people close to the company said. 
Twitter has also refused to pay a $197,725 bill for private charter flights made the week of Mr. Musk's takeover, according to a copy of a lawsuit filed in New Hampshire District Court and obtained by the New York Times. Twitter's leaders have also discussed the consequences of denying severance payments to thousands of people who have been laid off since the takeover, two people familiar with the talk set. And Mr. Musk has threatened employees with lawsuits if they talk to the media and act in a manner contrary to the company's interests, according to an internal email sent last Friday. Uh, Just stiff them all. Stiff them. This op- this was uh, came out like two weeks ago that uh, like European Twitter employees, uh, their direct deposit didn't work on the first. Yeah, it's, and that's it, a big deal. Again, in Europe, Europe has, uh, the you know, I'm sure there's a lot of things that are annoying about the EU, but everything I've seen, they are covering a lot of bases that really, really should be covered here in the U.S. Yeah, and it's, like, it's, it's, it's it does make us kind of look bad. It was like earlier in the week when we covered the Ticketmaster Bad Bunny thing uh, in Mexico, yeah. where Mexico is like, absolutely fucking not, Ticketmaster. Yeah. We're going to fine you millions of dollars. Yeah. Like, inst- like within a day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, it's crazy. Like, yeah. But why yeah. do they hate job creators in well, Mexico and, the, and, the, and Europe? And the why excuse was like, okay, well, we're good for it. Don't worry. Those checks will be coming. And I, I, But the thing is, is like people rely on the yeah. consistency of those checks and they have bills to pay. Yeah. You uh, don't, under, don't understand. I work for Elon Musk's Twitter.com. Uh-huh. Uh, the check, it, like mine, your check is in the mail. But yeah, it's obviously not paying rent is a bold move, <laughs> uh, especially considering Twitter's offices are all in major cities where there's plenty of companies willing to fill vacancies and actually pay rent. And not paying rent is just the cherry on top of a series of very interesting decisions about Twitter's office space. (laughs) Earlier this month, Musk decided to use some of the extra space at Twitter's offices, which was previously occupied by the employees who were fired or quit, as living quarters. Hardcore employees working 80-hour weeks would no longer have to sleep on the floor because now they have bedrooms. Technically correct. Rooms with beds. You know, and this is all, look, this might seem weird, but this is all just a stepping stone to the end goal, which is uh, Twitter town. Yes. A town where uh, everyone works and lives and we get around the whole, like, payroll thing by paying people in Twitter bucks. Yeah. And you can spend those Twitter bucks at the uh, the company store. And uh, everyone's happy. Everyone is hardcore. It's and, a, I think uh, the book's yeah. called, like, The Every. It's pretty similar to the sci-fi book. Uh, where it, it basically a company like this, and it's just like we're a family. You live in the company. I mean, this was literally what uh, like mining towns. Were yeah, like yeah, in, yeah. In the 1800s, it was. This is what they mean when they say <laughs> make America great again. They want modern digital yeah. mining towns. That's why everyone is so hyped on Bitcoin. You know, like this, on mining. This country started going downhill the second they made company script illegal. Yeah. So yeah, the thing is, <laughs> you can't just convert half your office space into apartments for your employees. It's not just something you can be like, all right, that's what we're doing. It's a pretty blatant violation of zoning regulations. And San Francisco's Department of Building Inspection is investigating, as they should be. Musk's response to this, though, is, quote, so City of SF attacks companies providing beds for tired employees instead of making sure kids are safe from fentanyl. What? Where are your priorities, Mayor London Breed? Uh... (laughs) Wow, that's quite a leap. Why am I being attacked when fentanyl exists? It's simply not fair. Where are your priorities? Object permanence understanders. Anytime someone criticizes me, I'm like, oh, you're mad at me, and yet uh, fentanyl still reigns on our streets. Interesting. You can't even put it within 20 feet of a cop. It's insane. They drop. Yeah, it's crazy. They drop, and it's crazy. Most people, when they overdose on fentanyl, uh, unresponsible. When cops overdose on fentanyl, very responsive. It's like they have completely different biology than normal humans yeah they're born literally built different they're built different 
Anyway, meanwhile, the same week that Elon converted his offices into labor camps, <laughs> Twitter's janitorial staff in San Francisco went on strike over a contract dispute and then were promptly fired, with one of Musk's minions apparently telling them that they would be replaced by robots, which he is... He brought his Roomba from home. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, fucking hilarious. But, uh, yeah. So, not paying rent, everyone's sleeping at the job, and no janitors. So you know it smells crazy in there. Oh, yeah. Just fucking caffeine-free Diet Coke cans everywhere. Just, you... A bunch of fucking engineers, some, like, IT STEM dudes all shitting in the same toilet. There's splash all over the place. Again, this it's is... disgusting. For for a couple people in the room, this is probably, like, some great nostalgia for the early LAN party days. Yeah. It's you know, like... I, I code better when I'm living in absolute squalor. Yes, I have to have, like, a, uh, a stack <laughs> of cans that is delicately balanced around yeah. my workstation in order to code properly. But yeah, there's no way that it's not fucking disgusting. It's well, been of like course two it's weeks. disgusting, but the results don't lie. Twitter is the best it's ever been. And it's like, like, do they, I, I, they haven't revealed like, you know, is, does this person have an assigned bed or are they just taking whatever bed they want? Because that's also fucking disgusting if no one's cleaning the sheets or anything. Oh, they definitely are not. Well, I, you know, a you know they're jacking off in those bits. All over the place. Uh, anyways, look, in other Twitter news, though, Musk tweeted on Sunday, the bots are in for a surprise tomorrow. Uh-oh. And the big surprise turned out to be a bunch of popular mobile carriers from outside the U.S. getting blacklisted, making Twitter unusable for hundreds of thousands of non-bot accounts. Yeah, well, it made sense in theory. And the numbers did change. Yeah, that's right. No more bots. But also, we're missing, like, the entire country of India. But... No bots. He basically just pointed at an entire region of the world and said, that is bot behavior. Yeah. Yeah. So when it became clear that this was doing way more harm than good, Twitter reversed its new policy, as is tradition. Also, it's not clear how related this is, but for most of an entire day, you couldn't register for a Twitter account using any Ukrainian phone number. Like, Ukraine wasn't even an option on the drop-down list. Yeah, bit bit strange. And it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> Why would anyone in the nation of Ukraine maybe need to be able to check Twitter? Uh, Communicate with regularly. the outside world. Yeah. yeah, just like, hmm. Hmm. Well, now it's not just New Zealand being forgotten about on the world stage. Yeah. Maps without Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, in other decisions that were quickly reversed, uh, remember Elon Jet, the Twitter account that uses publicly available flight data to automatically tweet about where Elon Musk's private jet is flying? And boy, does he fly a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh Elon seemed pretty convinced that this account was like a threat to his safety, despite, again, this information all being public. Uh, but he said last month, my commitment to free speech extends even to not banning the account following my plane, even though that is a direct personal safety risk. Anyways, Elon Jet was banned on Wednesday, <laughs> which resulted in yet another great use of Twitter's best feature, Community Notes, which added a disclaimer to Elon's tweet about not banning Elon Jet, saying, the implied account in this tweet is ElonJet, which is currently banned. <laughs> ElonJet used to use publicly available plane tracking data to follow which airports Musk's private jet flew to. So it sounds like Elon's commitment to free speech is uh, just sort of whatever he feels like at any given moment, which yeah. we, we, already, all, yeah, we, we already knew. We were saying this from you the beginning. Knew that. But it is, all, it is always interesting seeing that play out in real time. I, the most fascinating thing to me is the live experiment of taking away specific aspects of uh, like the safety of the website and then just trying it for like a day, realizing why oh, certain why things were in place there. and then immediately putting it back to where it was. Yeah. Same thing with the he's verified just, he's handles. A, he's a tinkerer. He's tinkering with it. Yeah. It's like a little science experiment. Yeah. 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 
Anyway, in defense of his obvious hypocrisy, Elon posted the following. Any account doxing real-time... <laughs> doxing. <laughs> doxing. Any account doxing real-time real location info of anyone will be suspended, as it is a physical safety violation. This includes posting links to sites with real-time location info. Posting locations someone traveled to on a slightly delayed basis isn't a safety problem, so is okay. Uh, that You can pick this apart, like, so many ways. Like, if you take a picture of a celebrity or are live-streaming something, like, it, that is... Technically doxing their location. My favorite, like, my favorite uh, joke about this was like, Twitter has suspended the NORAD Santa tracker. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, it's a threat to Santa's safety if we know exactly where Santa is. That'll be a good first test. And then you know anyone that has a holiday themed name or profile picture in mm -hmm. the month of February. Why does he hate Christmas so much? He is waging a single handed war on Christmas, mm. and I need him to stop because it is one of my favorite holidays. Yeah. Anyways, he followed up uh, that previous tweet with. Last night, car carrying little X, that's his kid, in L.A., was followed by crazy stalker, thinking it was me, who later blocked car from moving and climbed onto hood. Legal action is being taken against Sweeney and organizations who supported harm to my family. So, okay, he not only banned the account that tracks his plane after saying he wouldn't do that because it would violate free speech, he's now blaming Jack Sweeney, the guy who ran Elon Jet, for someone following a car, even though cars and jets are clearly two different things. Yeah. But good uh, luck with that lawsuit. Again, he's tracking planes. Just all you know is which airport they landed at. I'm sorry that Grimes or whoever got followed by some weirdo, but that has nothing to do with flight tracking. Yeah. But yeah, good luck with the lawsuit. Um, very cool. Yeah, anyway, it'd be an interesting way to see how the uh, that rule that he's put in place is exploited because technically you just can't post pictures immediately of anyone. Nothing. You know, the... <laughs> Twitter, everything's a little too real time on Twitter. You know, I mean, why not just do away with location tracking too? I or mean, like, like, God, that'd be good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they should do that. But anyways, for someone so concerned with safety, it is a bit odd that this week Musk also abruptly dissolved Twitter's Trust and Safety Council, the volunteer committee formed in 2016 in response to social media's whole increasing problem of amplifying hate speech and whatnot uh, around that time. The Trust and Safety Council never had any direct role in Twitter decision-making. It was literally just a group of people who could weigh in on policy decisions and give their thoughts on how things were going. But in the wake of the whole Twitter files thing, disbanding the Trust and Safety Council is the perfect uh, chum for Elon to toss at his brain-dead fucking simps. I fixed the glitch by... Ugh, the whole fucking thing's so stupid. Here's the Washington Post. Many members were already on the verge of resigning, said Larry Majid, chief executive of Connect Safely, a Silicon Valley nonprofit that advises consumers about children's internet use. By disbanding it, we got fired instead of quit, he said. Elon doesn't want criticism, and he really doesn't want the kind of advice he would very likely get from a safety advisory council, which would likely tell him to rehire some of the staff that he got rid of, and reinstate some of the rules that he got rid of, and turn the company in another direction from where he is turning it. So basically the opposite. Uh, yeah, they, uh, this Trust and Safety Council, they keep telling me to not do what I'm doing, so, um, clearly they're wrong and I'm right, because I'm Elon, the world's ri second richest man, mm -hmm. and, um... Who never hears the Soon to no. be richest, soon to be, soon to be... He couldn't fire -time. an entire audience at the Dave Chappelle show, so he fired the next people that booed him, the Twitter Trust and Safety Council. And he also, like, oh, God, he's such a fucking asshole, like... 
Uh, he, some, one of his idiot, uh, followers was like, yeah, the trust and safety council did nothing to, uh, get rid of all the, all the child porn that I used to see constantly on here again. Like, bitch, what did you say? But like, and then he's like, so true. And it's like, that wasn't their fucking job. They weren't monitoring, they weren't handling day-to-day fucking moderation. They were making broad suggestions on how to handle monitoring. And even Jack Dorsey, who still like loves Elon, like replied, he's like, that's not true. Everything you're saying is fucking false. Yeah, someone get the bird community thing on this tweet. Oh my God. I don't want to get the the tweet wrong because it is who it is, but Jordan Peterson tweeted something on the line of like, seeing a lot less uh, child exploitation on this site. And it's just like, you, you, were, you, were, you, were you seeing this before? Why were all you fucking right-wing weirdos seeing and child why? pornography on your timeline all the time? I've never seen anything even, even resembling that on my timeline. Even if you're, even if they're lying about it to somehow uh, make the case that it's disappearing, it's uh, it, it, it potentially incriminating lie that you're telling. Yeah, it's like it's like the uh, guys who are like, I keep getting ads for gay cruises. What, Google, what the heck? Yeah. Why are you shoving this homosexuality down my throat in all of my targeted ads? And then immediately reply is like, it's targeted ads, buddy. Yeah. So. Happened, that happened to uh, Benny Johnson, oh, okay. my favorite conservative uh, loser. Plagiarist and total closet case. There you go. Confirmed. Anyway, that's enough Twitter for 2022. I hope. I doubt it. I hope. We still have three more episodes, baby. And one of them is like a worst of, so it's definitely going to be Yeah, we'll see. Probably. Anyways, to wrap up this show on a more positive note, NASA's Artemis 1 mission successfully concluded this week with the unmanned Orion spacecraft safely splashing down the Pacific Ocean on Sunday after nearly a month in space. And much like with the Perseverance Mars rover, it sounds like it was successful beyond the expectations of everyone involved. NASA naturally kind of just assumes not everything's going to go perfectly according to plan. Mm-hmm. But so far, it looks like that's exactly what happened, which is awesome. Here's Space.com. NASA couldn't be happier with how its Artemis 1 moon mission went. Artemis 1 wrapped up Sunday afternoon, December 11th, with the successful splashdown of an uncrewed Orion capsule in the Pacific Ocean about 100 miles or 160 kilometers off the coast of Baja, California. Though a considerable amount of post-flight analysis remains, NASA already views the 25.5-day-long Artemis 1 as a rousing success. Quote, I don't think any one of us could have imagined a mission this successful, Artemis 1 mission manager Mike Serafin said during a post-splashdown briefing on Sunday. We now have a foundational deep space transportation system. Uh, It continues. That system consists of Orion and the Space Launch System, SLS Mega Rocket, which sent the capsule on its way to the moon on November 16th from NASA's Kennedy Space Center, KSC, in Florida. It was the debut liftoff for the SLS, and the huge vehicle performed nearly flawlessly, agency officials have said. Orion picked up the baton nicely, meeting all of its required milestones as well. The capsule arrived in orbit around the moon on November 25th and left on schedule six days later. On December 5th, Orion aced a long engine burn during a close lunar flyby, setting it on course for Earth. The homecoming also went according to plan. Orion's 16.5 foot wide, 5 meters, heat shield, the largest of its type ever flown, protected the capsule during its fiery re-entry to Earth's atmosphere on Sunday, and its drogue and main parachute systems deployed on time, slowing Orion's descent and enabling a soft splashdown. And this is all great news for the future of the Artemis program. Artemis 2 is scheduled for 2024 and will send astronauts on a manned mission around the moon. And then Artemis 3, scheduled for 2025 or 2026. I mean, they might have to reshoot some things, you know. Uh, kidding. <laughs> Who's today's Stanley Kubrick? Yeah, we'll put astronauts on the moon for the first time in decades. After that, the goal of the Artemis project or program is to set up a research base at the moon's south pole, which they're hoping contains ice that can sustain astronauts there without having to send large quantities of water 
and certainly no things there. Do not let the dog in. Do not let that dog in. Uh, but yeah, it's very exciting stuff. Uh, one of the cool things that I saw was a someone made a time lapse of all of the images that the uh, capsule took on the way back from the moon. So it's just the Earth getting bigger, like in 4K, like the yeah. Earth getting bigger. Um, it's This is all fascinating stuff. Japan is sending uh, something to the surface of the moon, uh, either right now or very soon. So yeah. look. And they're, uh, one, of the, one of the parts of this Artemis mission was a probe that uses some sort of viewing mechanism to scan mm-hmm. the surface of the moon and somehow detect the presence of ice underneath it. So yeah, cool. if they find ice, they can set up a semi-permanent fucking base on the moon and just fucking live there. Well, and it would also be a um, basically a rest stop on the way to yeah. <laughs> sorry, further explor- exploration because... It's a place uh, for gay astronauts to hook up in the bathroom. Yeah, and the lot lizards, of course, will be yeah. very, very uh, large and in charge hey, there. Hey, buddy, you got a long journey ahead of you going to Mars. Yeah, uh, everything lasts longer in, in, on the moon, too, because of the gravity. So yeah. all good with the ED. You don't need to call it the telehealth. Uh, but it's uh, apparently much easier to launch off the moon. So, yeah, yeah it'll be uh, more beneficial to further explanation. All the, best, all the best sci-fi, they don't do the main launch from the Earth. That's no. very wasteful. A lot mm-hmm. of takes a lot of energy to get out of our atmosphere. So look, but like, you launch from somewhere like the moon, you just you just give it a like, nice flick. It, it's on its way. It's the last tech news day of the year, and the beginning and end of this episode was relatively positive. Yeah. So I want you to take this I as a win. I fucking love science. I fucking love science. Leave that in the comments. Let everyone know you, lo- you fucking if love science. If you fucking love science, let us know down below how but, much you fucking love science. But instead of the U and the C, you got to do like a hash symbol and a star so that you don't get dinged by YouTube's auto yeah. moderation. I freaking love science. That's the best way to do it. And I also, I freaking love science and poking badgers with spoons. You know, the narwhal bacon's at midnight. Yeah, nobody knows that. Hey, that guy's a Redditor. Make room. <laughs> Anyways, that's it for today's episode. Uh, Again, we have two or three more episodes for the rest of the year, and then we're taking a break until the first week of January when we'll be back. But uh, look, we all need breaks. In the meantime, please check out our most recent episodes. We have a whole weekly weird news on the German QAnon movement, which is very strange. Uh, And also just a a wonderful teardown of Elon uh, trying, attempting to enter the public space. America's least funny man attempting to... And dragging the legacy of Dave Chappelle down further than even Dave Chappelle himself could. It's a sad day for everyone involved. A lot of uh, no profile picture comments on our previous video. Uh, Just shut up, idiots. Anyways, uh, videos are over here now. Subscribe to the channel. Leave a like. Tell everyone in the comments how much you freaking love science. I freaking love science. And we'll see you soon with more episodes. Bye. Bye.